Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy. Writing. Interviews. ELFM. It's radio for so much more. Hello. Welcome to our mindfulness and wellness show. I'm Marshall. I'm Jamie. And I'm Laura. Over the next hour, we want to break down some of the barriers around mental health. We want to encourage our listeners to feel more comfortable talking about their own health and well-being. We hope what we'll be discussing today will give you a positive perspective on how speaking up and sharing helps to break down stigma. Positive, upbeat tune to start the show. Toots and the Matals with Reggae Got Soul. So for our first feature, Laura and myself went down to Kirkstall Abbey and met some real-life modern-day monks and talked to them about how they're bringing meditation to members of the public. So our official title is The Brahma Kumaris. 
Um, it's a group that started in 1936 in India and since the 1970s there's been a presence of the Brahma Kumaris in Leeds. We practice and we teach meditation. The main thing to say about it, which, which uh, is really meaningful for us, is that it's open-eyed meditation. And we do a session of short exercises so people get a, hopefully a brief experience of what it what it's like to just go inside and be with yourself, to meet yourself away from the busyness of the day. And then we walk around the abbey in a, a meditative way. We walk with a question uh, which focuses the mind. And I often these days call it thinking on purpose. You know? um, so we walk experiencing a kind of gentle stillness in our mind in a beautiful setting where there's been stillness for, this was a working abbey for 400 years, and that means a lot to me. And then we come back in here, and um, to close the session, get everybody to share something of what touched them about the walk or the question, and then revisit the meditation. And we hope people go away having felt something of the quietness of the path that we're walking on and maybe it'll inspire them to bring meditation into their life. So hopefully what you experience is a shift in your headspace uh, in, in the midst of the day when you're still active with people, walking, etc. and a sample of what we're trying to do in our life which is bring, uh, we, we would use the word spirituality, bring spirituality into our day. Um, meditation for us means keeping our eyes open, going into a reflective mode, so that means settle your, your gaze in one direction as if you're about to work out a problem. You're going to, you know, ponder, but you're going to ponder in a particular way. So your, your body is reasonably still and your eyes gazes in one direction and check in, ask yourself one or other of these type of questions, either what speed is my mind going at right now? That's one question. Or can I spot some gaps between when one thought finishes and another begins? So just spend a minute posing a question, reflecting on the answer about your mind. We're working with two energies when we meditate. One is the energy of the mind itself, which is that creative energy that keeps thinking, throwing up ideas. And the other is a kind of a guiding parent, um, which can send us in a particular... We can direct our mind with that energy. It's like the wise self, probably. So the wise self is going to pose a question to the, to the, the, the child, the mind, and that gently guides the mind. That's kind of how we work. Um, and so, uh, the question is around who's thinking. The wise self says, oh, you're thinking, mind. Who's bringing up the thoughts? Where are they coming from? Yeah. So we're all having a little walk around Kirkstall Abbey at the moment. We've all been given a card with a phrase on 
and we're all encouraged to have a walk and reflect on the question. The piece of card I've got says, what can I do that will help my mind? So we've all been encouraged to have a walk around and just reflect. There's definitely a pervading sense of calm. It's raining steadily, but it's very calm around here. We've just done a little meditation session as well. So I think everyone's feeling rather calm, quite chilled out. It's so near the middle of Leeds, and yet um, it is such a still place. Uh, and people have been quiet here for hundreds of years. So, yeah, yeah. it brings back peace. And at this very moment, we're walking past a, a little banner that's been tacked up on a grate that says, Still, I am moved by stillness. Um, let's do a quick round of the questions, right? Just to see, it's like a closure on the walk, if you like. So we all chose a question. I chose, uh, what does my mind need? And um, in between looking at the Abbey and talking to people, what comes to... The word kind actually came to me. I think because I kind of think of my mind as a little child that runs around... I need to be kind to it. And one way to be kind is to, is to take time out, to be quiet. So my mind needs me to be kind to it. That's my answer to that. Yeah. So, Laura, what about yourself? Uh, the question that I picked up was, what was my mind like when I was a baby? And as we walked around in in the stillness, the answer that came to me was curious, like a blank slate, um, and like a sponge. So when we're a baby, we don't have any language to quantify what we see in the world, but we still have an active mind because we're still absorbing everything from the world around us. But there must be an element of stillness with that quiet and reflective and contemplative. What can people do in, in their everyday lives to promote a little bit more stillness? If somebody who's new to all this wants to know how to start bringing it into their everyday and um, what an accessible way uh, is to just make an appointment with myself and say, okay, if I get up at eight, let me get up at quarter two and literally set aside, say, five minutes when I've managed to kind of rouse myself and that five minutes have a think on purpose, think with the aim to only reflect on myself, my inner world and what my head's up to. You know, that's where it all starts. <laughs> Expression, no expression. Have my head 
That was Tears for Fears, Mad World. Now, we're going to have a little discussion about coping strategies for dealing with mental health conditions. What's some stuff that people like to do to, uh, to calm down, to relax? Uh, what, what do you like to do, Marshall? Told us earlier. I like listening to relaxation music. Or if I'm not in mood to listen to music, I'll just go out for a walk and go anywhere. Just into like to, a cl- quiet spot. Just like to explore. Yeah. Yeah, I I um, like to go for walks as well. I like to get out in nature when I'm feeling down. Um, it does it does generally calm me calm me down. Um, there's so many like things, all kinds of things that I do to try and help with my mental health. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, Mental Conversations, which is um, done by a guy called Chris at Leeds Mind. And I pulled out a quote because I just resonated with it so much. Something that he said is that you can know all the coping strategies in the world. You can know so much about how to deal with your mental health. But at some point, we all do get to that point where you, even though you know everything, Like, this is what he said. He said, I shouldn't be feeling like this because I know what to do. But knowing the theory doesn't actually enable you to constantly be well. And that's something that I'm personally, like, have been struggling with recently. Um, So to talk about some coping strategies that I've tried myself, um, gratitude and journaling and actually counting your blessings and thinking about all the positive things in your life because we do as human beings like have a tendency to focus on the negative and amplify the negative rather than appreciating all the positive things that the more positive the more grateful that you can be for things the more positively you tend to have an outlook on life Um, celebrating your successes and questioning your perceptions as well um, because yeah, sometimes like things can seem really negative, but it's for me personally, it's it's in my head rather than actually in reality. But you make it your reality if you think about stuff like that too much. And um, something that I've personally tried, which did help, um, was hypnosis. And me and you were talking about that a little bit yeah. earlier. So what what happened then? Because I think hypnosis is unless you know specifically what they do it's not really what people think it is it's not looking at a clock boom you're under go and do stupid stuff no no do you want to tell us a bit about what what you went through with that um yeah so i went to hypnosis in a therapeutic environment um and it's not nothing like what stage hypnosis is which is what most people think hypnosis is um but no hypnosis is being in a super hyper relaxed state so you can liken it to the state that you're in when you're driving a car or when you're watching television it just takes your brain to a different place where you're more relaxed and you're more receptive um so to be honest that sounds like the opposite of what i'm like when i'm driving a car especially (laughs) as i drive for a living (laughs) no No, but you know like (laughs) i I used to drive and so you ever found yourself behind the wheel in your car driving somewhere and then you get to where you are and you're like oh 
It's a bit scary, isn't it? Oh, God. Like... How did I get here? Yeah. I've just... Because you just switched off. Even though you're concentrating on what you're doing, you're in a different state, so you are in a state of hypnosis, really. Um, So hypnosis allows a therapist to talk to your subconscious and to implant ideas, positive things that speak to your subconscious, same as, like, if you're in a dream state. You have a a few sessions, don't you? Yeah, I've had a couple. Where they address an issue and then they try... I actually had it to stop smoking. Oh, right. Did it it work? (laughs) It did work, yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I had a bit of a relapse, but I'm able to quit now. I I know that I'm capable of it. Before I had hypnosis, in my head, I would not be able to stop. It wow. helped me to break that that wall down um, in my subconscious mind. Oh, wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah, I do. Rec- I, I would recommend it to people, but I don't think it doesn't necessarily work for everybody, and not everybody's receptive or open to trying it. So, definitely say read about it if you are interested before you make a decision. But mm. it works for some people. It worked for me. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Some stuff that I like to do to uh, to relax, to kind of try and cultivate a positive mindset is going back to the going out for walks, being in nature, that really helps. I'm really lucky to live near the Hollies in North Leeds, which is this big kind of almost like a nature reserve. It's I think it was an old quarry and now it, they've never been there. Oh, you should go. You should totally go. It's I've it, never been either. It opens up into Meanwood Park, uh, but it's this big valley with like a little stream running through and there's all sorts of bright and beautiful plants and flowers and stuff. I think away mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I, always super quiet. You only really see a few dog walkers and just hear the birds and it's just such a beautiful place to wander around, explore. I could get lost in there for hours. Yeah, really nice. Good. Um, where are some of your favourite places, either around here or just in the world, somewhere you've been where you just super relaxed? It doesn't have to be out in nature, it could be anywhere, it could be... In the bath. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is that is actually another one of my coping strategies to relaxing is taking a long soak in a salt bath with some essential oils, candles, darkness, but just candlelight. Like that is one way that I like to calm myself mm. down and relax at the end of a stressful day. Um, but as for a place, hmm. Let me have a think. <laughs> I think it's just, like, to be fair, I think it's just anywhere outdoors mm. um, where you can get some f- proper fresh air, like in the countryside and sunshine and, like, the elements on your skin, you know, like, nice sunny day with a nice breeze. Um, I don't think it has to be anywhere specific. It's just getting out in nature that helps for me. Just escaping the hectic city life as well. Yeah, you know? and actually breathing proper fresh air. Yeah. Now we have a beautiful song for you. It's Massive Attack's Unfinished Symphony.
Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech is possibly one of the most well-known speeches in history. It's 17 minutes long, but most people just hone in on the I Have a Dream part. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. There are so many of these historic, famous speeches where simple words can often inspire great change. Just look at the likes of Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa, the list goes on and on and on. Their words resonate throughout history. Let freedom reign. A quote can change the world. Or it can change your own personal world. You don't have to worry about that. There are YouTubers such as Mike Marino who have posted about how they've used quotes to push through tough times such as dealing with social anxiety. I had a tremendous amount of social anxiety and self-consciousness. I had a hard time going out to parties or going out to social events. I had a really great quote that helped me push through this. And the quote is, it's better to regret something you did than something you didn't do. If I wanted to do something, but at the same time this fear would come up, that quote would help me every time. There's another YouTuber called Thomas Frank, who's a motivational speaker, and he posted a video entitled Five Powerful Quotes That Changed The Way I Think. Here's a little snippet from his video where he's talking about his favorite quote. To start things off, let's just jump immediately to my favorite quote of all time, which comes from Bruce Lee in his book, The Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Research your own experience. Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, and add what is essentially your own. This quote from Bruce Lee is a constant reminder of the fact that as we go through life, we are essentially building a library of stuff that works in our brains, which means that not all the advice we receive from other people as we go through life is going to be useful to us. Not all advice is applicable. So in a nutshell, a lot of people use quotes to promote positive thinking. I actually have a shortened version of a Jack Kerouac quote up on a letterboard in my flat. The quote is, nothing behind me, everything ahead of me. For me personally, this quote is about positive thinking about the future. It's about forgetting the blows dealt by the past. It's about moving on and living in the present and not worrying too negatively about the future. For there is nothing behind me and everything ahead. In the early 1950s, the nation recognized in its midst a social movement called the uh, Generation, a novel titled On the Road became a bestseller, and its author, Jack Kerouac, became a celebrity, partly because he'd written a powerful and successful book, and partly because he uh, seemed to be the embodiment of this new generation. Kerouac was a seminal figure of the Beat Generation in the 1950s. Here he is, reading from part of his poem, San Francisco Scene in 59. It's the beat generation, it's bayat. It's the beat to keep, it's the beat of the heart. It's being beat and down in the world and like old time lowdown. And like in ancient civilizations, the slave boatmen rowing galleys to a beat and servants spinning pottery to a beat. The beat generation paved the way for the hippie movement in the 60s. I was inspired a lot by the Beats and this whole era of American counterculture. I feel like it was kind of the hyperbolic embodiment of positive thinking, of free-spiritedness. 
Everyone's got something that helps encourage a positive mindset, from quotes to music to just sitting down and having a good chat with a mate or a family member. I spoke to Brad Langdon, the features editor at Social Chain, about how music and writing helped him open up about his own mental health and share positive words for other people. A lot of my writing kind of touches on like kind of personal experience, like my own experience with mental health, especially throughout university, which was kind of like a tough time. My dad got ill and it just kind of had a knock on effect from there. So I kind of thought that instead of kind of moping around, like I thought kind of let's do something about it. If I can show that a lot of people are feeling the same way through articles and stuff, people are reading it. If I get like one person who reads it and they're kind of like, oh, maybe I'm not alone. Like, I think at first it is very hard, but once you kind of get used to it, it kind of becomes, it does become like very soothing and like makes you feel a lot better about it. When I first started writing, like, I've always had an interest in music. Like, I used to write about music. That was the first kind of reason I got into journalism. So I've always kind of had that vested interest in music and I've always found it as like a sort of comfort zone. It's probably one of the easiest kind of mediums to get lost in. If you could pick one song that inspires like a positive mood in you, what would that uh, be? Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so I'm going to Elbow tonight, I'll stick with an Elbow song. The song called My Sad Captains, one of the choruses is some, it goes something like, another sunrise of my sad captains with who I choose to lose my mind. And if it's all, we only pass this way but once, what a perfect waste of time. And it kind of feels like you've been out on like a bender with all your mates. Like, it's a stupid thing to do, but then you've woke up around all your mates the next day and been like, yeah, I, actually, I feel all right, but like, I feel a lot better. What a perfect waste of time. Here's a song that always inspires positivity in me. It's one of my favourite songs. It just makes me want to sing and dance and spin around the room. This is Hot 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 by The Cure.
I'm Marshall. I did my piece on what are your top rules for dealing with kids. We went to speak to South Seacroft friends and neighbours. We asked them about the kids. What are your top tips dealing with children? Have respect for your elders. That's how I was brought up when my dad come home after war. Have love, read and try and educate children. Not too much, you know, but if you make it happy for them, they'll love it. Yeah, that's it. Sit down and sit with a book and read to them and teach them from the book. And the uh, no numbers or anything, or play with them in the garden or something like that. You know, like with football or take them out to the park. That's right, and let them play out instead of being on computers all the time. Get more fresh air and play with other children, yeah? Well, I have four children, eight grandchildren and five great-grandchildren. And what I've learned with them, you've got to treat them as individuals. You can't treat them all the same. And you've got to do a one-to-one with them. Not let everybody hear what you're saying to them because they don't. They feel shy and they don't want anyone else knowing what a problem that they've got. So I always take them aside. And if, they, if they've told me the truth as to what's wrong, then the find will get a treat. But if they've told me a lie, then they're going to sit on the notice step and that's where they're going to stay until they decide that they're going to tell the truth. And that's how I do with all my grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So I looked after kids and I had uh, three, three of my own, two of my sisters and a, one, a girl were a cousin. And... Um, I'm not kidding you. You can't let them just do as they like. No. I'll tell you what I did find out, though. If I gave them jobs to do, little jobs to do, I made a, I had a book and I was to put in the book um, whose turn it was to go to the shop. Because if you said, oh, we're going to the shop, they'd argue. But if you said, well, it's so-and-so's turn, they didn't argue, they just used to go. You know, so they need a bit of... Uh, Chastising, I think, when they're little. One of my grandsons, his father, his father used to make him stand in front of him, and he used to tell him that he was doing, he was being naughty, and what, and he had to do it. You're not allowed to use that word now, naughty, are you? So they say. I, no, I said lock them in a cupboard till they're old enough to go to work. <laughs> Thanks for speaking to us. Thank you. Time flies by when the night is young Daylight shines on an undisclosed location Location Bloodshot eyes looking for the sun Paradise delivered and we call it a vacation Vacation
Okay, so now we've got a very special piece of music which has actually been commissioned just for this show. It's been written, recorded, arranged and produced by Rosie Parsons, who's involved with us here at Chapel FM. Rosie also makes music with the band Autobodies. She creates soundtracks, scores and music for film, and she makes her own ambient music and field recordings. Very shortly we're going to be hearing the piece of music she's made for us, which is entitled Ringing Outwards. But first, here's Rosie talking to me about the piece when we met up in a local bar one evening. She begins by telling me about the ethos behind her music making. In general, I guess what I like to make is either something that's kind of capturing like an idea that I've got or like a kind of a feeling or um, but in this case there's kind of quite a specific purpose for it so that was really interesting and thanks for asking me to do it Not at all. Um, <laughs> it's been a nice challenge and when you first when you first said that um, sort of told me about the show and the topic the first thing that came to mind was it was about meditation and I've done a bit of meditation in the past and something that I thought would be interesting to try and make something around was um, basically shifting your attention so when you're often when you're meditating you might be focusing on something like very narrow so you might kind of choose to focus on the breath or the breath or feeling of the breath as somewhere in your body um, and then maybe you might start widening that attention out during the process. So almost like a tool for, for mindfulness where they tell you to zone in on something. Exactly and so it's a way of kind of you know moving your brain or your attention towards something that so it's not thinking about all those things that it's usually thinking about. What sort of stuff have you kind of gone out and recorded for it? You said you like wanting to create a, a feeling so I, I tried a few different things, but I, I kind of returned to this sound of, of, of bells and pitch percussion, which I often like to use. Um, so some of that I've kind of made and composed in Ableton and like uh, using either existing loops or sounds that have been manipulated a little bit. And then I've also incorporated some field recordings. So we've got like a nice mix of kind of um, synthesised almost sounds and natural sounds. Exactly, yeah. So here is that piece of music, Ringing Outwards by Rosie Parsons.
So obviously that's not the first time that I've heard that piece of music. But Laura, Marshall, it's the first time you've heard it. Laura, what did you think of it? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. I really, uh, I really love the way that the the rolling, crashing, it, it grabs your attention and pulls you in, and it really did have me concentrating on every little sound in there, um, and the atmosphere, the intensity that built up when the natural sounds came in. I loved that. I think she'd done a brilliant job. Marshall, what do you think of it? I like it when you were in a cafe bar, you could hear all people and music in background. On the interview, yeah, yeah. What what about the piece of music? Is that something that you would listen to? I would listen to that. It's soothing and relaxing. Laura, how did it make you feel? Um, It it grabbed my attention, it got me out of thinking and it took me into the music um which is exactly what we what we said when we briefed Rosie wasn't it that we wanted something that would help you to meditate and and yeah, yeah I feel like you it was a meditation through music I feel yeah. it's the kind of thing where it's it's 3 4 minutes long but you listen to it and you get to the end and you think oh was that it because you became kind of completely yeah, engrossed yeah. in it um Marshall, what what kind of environment would you listen to that track in? Would it would it be like a relaxing evening thing for you or relaxing evening? Yeah, and just lying on my bed and just listening to it, maybe through a pair of headphones, and yeah, relaxing to, get, to it to get that full kind of immersive experience. Yeah. Laura, what what about you? Would is it something you would go back to and listen to to Definitely, relax? Definitely, yeah. Really appreciate like all the work that's gone into that. Uh, with Rosie doing that for us um, yeah I thought it was fantastic I really enjoyed listening to it and I'm definitely going to listen to it again Yeah. Would either of you be interested in checking out more music like that is it something for both of you is it something you've kind of listened to that much you know like this kind of ambient music is it something you would want to check out more of in the future Marshall? I'll check it out more in the future because I like relaxation music and I can really relax. Really helps the mind, doesn't it? I yeah, feel. it does. Yeah. About you, Laura? Yeah, I mean, I already do um, listen to music like this to help me relax. Um, yeah, because I, I sometimes suffer with insomnia. Um, so listening to these kinds of uh, binaural beats kind of tracks and um, 432 hertz music, which is deeply relaxing and actually yeah um calms the psyche (laughs) yeah it does it does it it helps reset you i think if you're feeling really frazzled and stressed out and unable to relax this kind of thing does sort of pull you back into your body i just like sitting near a waterfall and just sounds of nature yeah beautiful (laughs) and staying on the topic of beautiful instrumental pieces of music Here's a piece from an artist I love, it's John Hopkins with Abandoned Window.
Thank you for listening. We've had some amazing contributions and we hope you've enjoyed the show and maybe even been able to take a little something from it. To play you out, we've got Albatross by Fleetwood Mac. So relax and enjoy. You've been listening to East Leeds FM.